My Seven Chakras, Episode 6. When mortal men do their best, angels can't do more. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. Join Aditya as he embarks on a journey to interview healers, thought leaders, and experts who have dedicated their lives to raising the level of human consciousness. Welcome to My Seven Chakras, and now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. I am excited to bring you our featured guest today, Deidre Horner. Deidre, are you ready to inspire? Yes, I am. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Deidre is a Reiki master, good love coach, and a certified life coach practicing in Santa Monica. Her story is one of a complete arc. She believes that when people foster their own wellness and deepen relationship skills, true transformations can occur. So Deidre, I've given our listeners a short introduction. So why don't you take about 40 seconds to introduce yourself? Oh, thank you, Aditya. I am Deidre Horner. My business is Myoshun in Santa Monica, California. And what we do at my business is we offer services that help individuals foster their own healing because we've all heard you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. And this is true wow. for most people. And the way Myoshun creates its services, the way I've created the services for the company, is that when people come for couples Reiki, Reiki, coaching, life coaching, love coaching, that they understand that they are accessing their own healing, that they have the power to access their own healing. I'm not doing any magic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just helping them access their own spirit, and their own healing, and their own joy. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us what is the meaning of Myoshun? Oshun is the Afro-Cuban goddess of love, healing, sensuality. Oshun is the Afro-Cuban goddess, also the Yoruba goddess. And these deities act as conduits for energy, for the people to understand love, healing, and so on, just like the Roman goddess Venus and the Greek Aphrodite for love and healing. We look to these goddesses as a meaning for the way we want to move forward. Oshun is the same, but she is the African version. So my Oshun means, this is your Oshun. I will be your Oshun. I will help you through. And the services that we provide can help you through your love, your healing, and the transformation that you're seeking in order to live your best life moving forward. Wow, that is inspiring. So... Here at My Seven Chakras, we believe in the power of Ichin and Sanzin, which is a Buddhist term. It means there are 3,000 worlds, possibilities or outcomes from just a single thought. In other words, there is infinite potential in a single thought concept or idea. So we usually start our show with an inspiration quote that will get us into a space of awareness, learning and compassion. So Deidre, what is your favorite inspirational quote? Give us an example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life. Well, my favorite inspirational quote would have to be a direct quote from my mother. And it is, when mortal men do their best, angels can't do more. 
And I use that as an inspiration regularly because within us, within every human being, there is a need to do our best to make the change that we need to make, to provide the most for our family, to give the best to our children, to give the best love to our loved ones. And sometimes we might fall short. (laughs) So true. And this is truly the human experience. Unfortunately, there are times when we fall short that we can beat ourselves up. We can start to blame others, (laughs) blame ourselves. And this only causes a static on the line, if you will. This only causes friction. Finding fault is not the way of the enlightened soul. So we need to know that when we have done our best, truly we have done the best, put every effort in, and even an angel couldn't do more. And I rest in that when I've done my best. That brings me solace. Thank you. That is indeed inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just say you're at a health retreat somewhere among the mountains and someone asks you, Deidre, what is your main focus at this point in life? What would you tell them? My main focus is truly to live in my why. And that means as a coach, since I am a certified life coach, when we live in our why, We're living in our true meaning. We're living in our soul's purpose, in our essence, if you will. And many of us are moving through life, doing what we think we should do, doing what we need to do, or so we think, to pay the bills, and doing what our family needs us to do. Occasionally, we are now forgetting what we want to do, what our soul's calling is why we came through on this great planet Earth. What is our soul's calling? And that is much deeper than just any job, if this is our why. So when people ask me, what are you doing? I'm living in my soul's purpose, and I invite everyone through our business and all of the services that we offer is really geared towards helping you to live deeper in your why. Because when we're not living In our why, we're not living in our soul's purpose, God's purpose, if you will, your own essence, why you're here, your legacy. These are all important things because then we're living and we're sharing our true gifts. When we're not living and sharing our true gifts, there's usually some sort of friction within us. There is an unease. They say that human beings need to have something to hope for, something to do, and someone to love. And when we don't have one of these three things, someone to love, something to hope for, and something to do, we're not really happy. And so part of our soul's purpose is knowing what we want to do. What is what do we want to do? And um, if we're having three and four and five jobs, that's fine if we need to do it. But within those three and four or five jobs, if we're living in our why, what is our soul's purpose? Mine is to live fully and to, um, to fully embrace and embody, to embrace and embody the fullness of love and to live in its joy. If I'm not doing that, I'm not Daydream Horner. I'm being someone else. So whether that's bagging groceries at the nearby store or whether that's running an entire business that's geared towards love and healing, I must live in that way. So the second I'm not there, I'm not in the vibration of the energy source that is within me. And so I must walk away. And I think that when we as human beings live in that truth, 
and live in our truth, then we're on a good path. When we start going off of our path, then and we're not living in who we really are, not what our parents said, not what our family dictates, not what our friends say, but what we have searched within to see, then we are, we're usually not happy. So it's very important to live in our why. In uh, my Oshun, through coaching, we actually help people to live in their why. So as a Reiki master, I'm living in that why. And as a coach, helping folks, I feel that I'm living in that why as well. So that's the most important thing, I think, is for all of us to do so, because then we're happier and then we're better for the world. And the world, we actually make the world a better place when we are in our best place. True, true. That's a noble thought is that don't just do things. Take some time, find out your why. And once you do that, once you do that exercise or once you complete that process, then you transition from a human doing to a human being yes because that's what we are at the end of the day right yes 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 aditya wonderful wonderful so my seven chakras is all about learning about our chakras so for those who don't know what a chakra is the sanskrit word chakra literally means a wheel or a disc in yoga meditation or reiki this term refers to wheels of energy throughout our body and there are seven main chakras which are aligned along the spine starting from the base of the spine through to the crown of the head and these swirling chakras energy circles or prana are the vital life force that keeps us vibrant healthy and alive so deji could you tell us a little bit about the significance of chakras in your practice well the significance of chakras is quite great in my practice when we're working with the client, the individual on the table, <laughs> that is, the chakras are red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. They move through our entire bodies, and there are subtle chakras, too, that we're not mentioning. There are many, many chakras, but there are seven major ones, as you've mentioned. And as you work with Reiki healing, there is a vibration, since we are all made up of energy, and everything is energy. There's a vibration that moves through our bodies with each chakra. Now, as the practitioner, as I'm doing the Reiki session, the chakras are significant because they will feel more powerful. First of all, the Reiki practitioner, the hands are moved through or uh, over each chakra, not through. That would mean I'd have to put my hands through your body, <laughs> which I'm not particularly ready to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, as I move the hands over the body, each chakra is illuminated. There is energy and you can feel it. The practitioner can feel it and the client can feel each chakra, each wheel of light in their body vibrating. The more we're in tune with these energy sources, which means how do we get in tune, right? We get in tune through meditation. We get in tune with stillness. We get it more in tune with our energy sources through mindfulness. We have none of those activated, but you just say, I want some Reiki because I don't feel that great. When you come to a Reiki practitioner, as she's moving or he is moving through your energy centers, moving over them, they can feel which energy centers are blocked which energy centers are vibrating very well and are quite bright, 
Which energy centers are blown out, quote unquote, which means they're vibrating so strongly that the other energy centers aren't vibrating at all. That's also imbalance. They don't seem to be. And all of these things are can be felt with the client and the Reiki practitioner during the session. And so what Reiki does is it helps bring these different chakras into more balance so that they are all working more evenly, more in balance, and together so that the body feels more at balance. When these chakras are out of alignment, the body, the mind, the spirit will not feel in balance. And that is something that the practitioner can feel. And that is something that the client can feel. All right. So you've got me curious now. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit about your practice of Reiki? What do you like most about it? And how has it benefited your life so far? Oh, it has really completely changed my life. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I now live in Santa Monica, California. Those two places could not be more different, <laughs> first of all. It's so beautiful, Santa Monica. I've been there. It's out of the world. <laughs> it is really beautiful. It's more in line with my energy at this time. Reiki changed my life. Growing up in Brooklyn was a wonderful experience. It's a beautiful city. It's alive with a lot of energy. And that will affect you, <laughs> believe me, as in a good way and also in a negative way if you're not ready for all of that energy moving through you. This is another reason why Reiki is very important because it helps to balance what you're feeling inside is very difficult. So when I was living in Brooklyn, I had a wonderful, wonderful time and a wonderful experience. Went to college, moved here, and found and fell in love with it. Reiki came into my life, and immediately I realized there is more of a genuine way of living when we can quiet our mind. And when we're living in a place that has a lot of intense energy, if we do not have the right energy tools, or no thing, and energy tools just mean something like meditation, Reiki, other things, there's so many energy tools out there, ways that we can work with our own energy to balance it so that we feel better. If we don't have the right energy tools, an environment that we're living in can really take us off center. And so to that end, when I came to Santa Monica, I ended up thinking there is something more that I'm missing. I didn't know quite what it was, but I stood in the silence. I continued with my life and I thought, I'll know what it is. I'm not sure, but there's something more. What that was, I didn't know. It was Reiki. And then one day, my girlfriend uh, invited me to a workshop, a benefit of sorts, where there are going to be uh, Reiki masters, yoga teachers, uh, even makeup artists, <laughs> all kinds of <laughs> healers, if you will. Wow. All, everyone at this workshop. And she said, at the time, I, was, uh, I had a business where I made chakra pillows, <laughs> which is very wow. interesting. And I was called to make these pillows because I thought, I need to know something about energy work. And I didn't know that I was going to become a Reiki master. So I was curious. I did research. And then I created pillows for to illumine each part of your chakra. The first chakra, the second chakra, first chakra has to do with feeling secure, feeling grounded. Second chakra, feeling sensual, food, third chakra, power, fourth chakra, love, trust, fifth chakra, 
communication, sixth chakra, the mind, meditation, seventh chakra, spirituality. So I made a chakra for each one of these pillows, a chakra pillow, for each one of these chakras. And I thought, I'll just give one away. Because my girlfriend said, can you please donate one of your pillows or a few of your pillows? I said, sure, I'll just donate them. All right. And I was curious. And a big part of living, I think, is being curious. I think that's how we heal ourselves many times. It's important to be curious as a human being. So I was curious, and I listened, and I watched. I had no opinions. I had no judgments. I had no criticism. But I watched, and I was curious at every single practitioner at this workshop. And I sat at the side, and I observed. That's all I did. At the end of the day, one practitioner came to me. She happened to be a Reiki master. And she was with a client, and she said, oh, you have chakra pillows. I know what these are. She looked at her client and said, you need the yellow one. Oh. Took it, gave it to her, when she walked away. And I started to get very curious once again about this woman. <laughs> so she came over to me, and I said, can you tell me more about what you're doing? What is Reiki? Well, as we started to talk, I found out, Aditya, that I had Reiki. Really? Years ago. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. I had wow. been on a long road trip. We had a lot of switchbacks, which are very tight, winding roads up a hillside. I felt very uncomfortable in my tummy. My head started to hurt. And the lady I was sitting next to, a friend of mine, said, can I give you some Reiki? I'm just going to put my hands near your head, and you're going to feel some healing energy. And it will release this headache that you're having and this wooziness that you're having from uh, the driving. And I said, oh, okay. I mean, I was so out of it from feeling sick that I would have accepted anything. And so she started to do this, and slowly I started to feel a release of the weight, of the heaviness of the sickness over my head and over my body. It just started to release itself like smoke clearing. And after it happened, that was it. I never talked to her again, never thought of it again. So as soon as this woman is talking to me at the workshop, I thought, I've had Reiki. And she said, yeah. And then I thought, I felt energy in my hands before. And that's why I thought there was something more that I needed to do. She said, I wouldn't be surprised if you already have Reiki flowing through you. You should see a Reiki master. I'll give you her number. And that was it. And at that point, I was so curious. I needed to know about the power within us. And I realized that there is more within us than we know as human beings. And we are much more powerful in our own healing than we know. And that was my beginning of my journey to and through Reiki. Wow, what a story. It's so exciting to know that Reiki actually entered your life at that stage when you were driving and it took that many number of years to really manifest itself into your life. That's inspirational. Mm -hmm. That's why it really doesn't matter how much time something takes. I know we've become this society where things move so quickly and we must keep up and we must go faster and we must talk faster and we have to look at our phone when we're talking to people because that's the only way we can stay on top of our text. <laughs> yeah, and all of yeah. that is incorrect because it's rude to actually look at our phone when we're talking to someone and it's actually dangerous to look at your phone when you're driving. So it actually, the universe is constantly telling us to slow down and, uh, You know, I like to use this acronym, WIMLA, W, M is in Mary, L is in love, A is in apple. And it is wait, meditate, listen, then act. WIMLA. So there's three steps, 
three steps before you're even doing anything. Wait, meditate, listen, and then act. It's a much better way of living. That's some great, great advice right there. In fact, I just want to share, I'm a Buddhist. And uh, something very similar to what you shared, uh, there is a principle called conspicuous and inconspicuous results. Sometimes we do things and what we need to realize is the result will come. It might not be right now. It might be a couple of years down the line, but the result has to appear. And there are two types of actions. One action is, I mean, it's always like a planting a seed. Some seeds are like bamboo shoots that come up within a week's time. And some seeds are like the beautiful coconut seed, which takes some time, maybe a couple of years. But once it does sprout, oh, it's a huge coconut tree right in front of you. So it's, it's beautiful. Thanks a lot. So let's just say a person listening to the show right now wants to begin practicing the beautiful art of Reiki. What are certain benefits that this person could obtain in the short term and on the long term basis? Well, there are quite, quite a lot of benefits to Reiki. <laughs> on the very, very subtle level, it'll help you relax. On the very, very more profound level, it helps to release the effects of cancer, of fibromyalgia, of chronic pain, of depression, of grief, of high blood pressure, of insomnia. So it's, it's quite powerful. I remember once a client came to me and she said, and I, this was probably one of my most profound client stories or one of them. There's so many. Mm -hmm. The lady came to me and she said, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't even want to do this. My husband told me to go. I'm a broker. I have a really busy job. I don't even have time for this. I guess he said I'm a pain. So I guess I need to relax. So I'm here. <laughs> and that was her opening. <laughs> and I went, okay. <laughs> and the first thought was, would you like to leave? <laughs> Maybe one yeah. and have a meal somewhere <laughs> that might feel better. Right, and, exactly. Uh, and she said, no. I'm supposed to be here, so I guess I need this. And I said, okay. So I gave her one more out. She said, no, thank you. And by the time the session was over, I gave her a full hour of Reiki. And I tend to go over because I feel I'm moving with the energy. There is no timetable on this. So some, many times my sessions are longer than an hour. And we came out of the session, brought her a small glass of water. I looked at her. I said, so how are you feeling right now? And she looked at me, the same woman, Aditya, she looked at me and said, Hi, I feel so good. I said, wait, wow. who is this? <laughs> who is this person? I said, oh, yeah. this is all right, good. And at the Reiki, immediately she goes, I feel like jello. I feel so relaxed, like everything has left me. So I said, all right, now, that's a good thing. And so this is, there's profound, subtle healing that happens with Reiki. And sometimes it's that simple where literally the anxiety, the worry, the fear, the intent, the defensiveness, all of it just falls off. And sometimes it's a place of pain. Another client fell off a side of a mountain. She was a rock climber. Very, very accomplished, very good at what she did. Very strong, very strong body. An athlete to anyone who would look at her. She came to me and said, well, I fell, 
I went to the acupuncturist. I went to a chiropractor. I went to my general care physician and I even did physical therapy and I am 95% better except for this little ping, this pang of pain that keeps resurfacing pretty much every time I walk. And I thought for a minute as I looked at her, because a lot of energy healing is intuition, and the way we strengthen our intuition is through meditation, so meditation is always important. And as I looked at her, I thought, this has to do with your energy and the energy you felt when you fell. And a lot of us forget that. And I like to bring it up, especially with people that are coming to me for physical pain. And what we forget is that when we fall, when we trip, when we whatever, have that injury, there's an emotion that happens right as it happens. There's that, ah, that feeling of, oh, crap, or whatever, whatever, <laughs> insert expletive, <laughs> okay? And uh, that moment, that fear that goes through us, and uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about pain bodies, is a very important thing that moves through us, and sometimes it's stored there as a pain body, and it just sits. And that is what the Reiki can help to release. And we had one session of Reiki, and that pain was gone forever. It's never been back. And that's because I dealt with the emotion and the energy she was feeling, not with the physical pain. Because doctors don't necessarily deal with the emotional pain unless they're therapists, <laughs> right? So usually doctors are dealing with, they say, okay, that's your ankle. What's the ankle pain? We look at the ankle and we look at the bones, right? But we're not looking at how you felt <laughs> when you fell. So that's a big part of it. And so that's a big part of our healing is how we feel when these injuries occur. And that's what Reiki can heal. Wow. And that happened from just one session? That's magical. She's never been back. <laughs> I should have, I, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, from what I understand, people who want to make such a positive change, and also from your example, such people might be experiencing varying levels of stress or pressure from multiple areas, maybe from their job, their relationships, business or school. So, what are certain things a person needs to keep in mind before making this transition into this wonderful practice of Reiki? What do potential Reiki practitioners have to keep in mind or people coming to Reiki as a client? As a client, I mean. Well, they have to keep in mind that your energy, how you feel, is very, very important. And I think what we're losing sight of in this society is that we're forgetting that how we feel is important. We're so busy just getting things done because we have to, that we're forgetting how we feel. So one of the most important things when, they, when clients come to a session is to not drink coffee right before you come to the session, for example. All right. <laughs> or a Diet Coke or any kind of Coke, that is, because it takes your body to a physical level that is now vibrating at a much higher frequency. And what you're trying to do with Reiki is to balance out your energy levels. So sometimes people forget and they wake up in the morning and the first thing they want is coffee. And then they come to a session with me and they wonder why they're fidgeting, <laughs> and their hands are moving, and then they're peeking at me under <laughs> their, their eyes are supposed to be closed and they're opening their eyes and they're looking at me. And sometimes with clients, right, I, have to go, right. I see you. <laughs> and it becomes this funny little child's game. But we have to remember that the clients have to remember they're usually we're used to being up 
and vibrating very high so regularly that we forget that being in a peaceful, balanced state is actually the best way to do our work. It's the best way to exercise from that place. It's the best way to handle any challenge is from a calm state. Because then we will not talk out of turn. We won't be mean. (laughs) We won't do things that will force our relationships and our situations to go into complete Harry Carry. So it's very important, I think, for clients to understand the power that they have before they go into a session and before they go into any meeting, any important event that's going on in their life. That stop for a minute and remember the WMLA, the WIMLA, wait, meditate, listen, then act. Check in with ourselves and go, how are you feeling right now? I'm about to go into a major meeting and I am really jumpy. Before I walk through that door, should I dance? Should I take a breath? Should I put my hands to my heart and go into the ladies' room and close the door and just take a moment? Do I have to visualize a beach scene and my favorite place in Barbados? What do I have to do to bring myself to a level where I can be the best listener, the best giver, and the the best person for the job at this moment. And that, that just takes a checking in with how I'm feeling right now. And, and that's really, I think the best gift that we can give ourselves is that moment to stop just for one moment. Say what, how am I feeling right now? Is this the right thing to do? And then move forward. All right. So I'm sure people who are hearing about energy healing and Reiki for the first time might be wondering, how does it feel to have chi or life force energy or Reiki energy flow through my body? So do you have a simple exercise that they can try right away to experience the magnificence? Yes. I actually started touching on it with the hands on the heart. Mm-hmm. A perfect example is, let's say we're at work. And I like to say this because not everyone, everyone works. <laughs> Most adults work. That's true. So say you're at work. And a meeting has just occurred where you've been told that your work wasn't up to par or there may be layoffs coming down the pipeline or there may be a pay cut coming in or that wonderful project that you just completed that took you three days to do is not right and you got to do it all over again. These are the moments that send us into a moment of either panic or anxiety as people that work. So the exercise I like to give, and it's very easy to actually, you would feel the power of yourself and the power of Reiki, the before and after. Sometimes we only have a cubicle, so this might not be the place to do it. Then I say, go to the ladies or the men's room and close yourself in there and sit down. Even if, you know, like it's a seat, not that you're doing anything. And so you just need a private place. And then you take your hands, the palms of your hands, both of them, And you place them over your chest area, over your heart. At this moment, close your eyes, place both feet on the ground, planted to the floor. Close your eyes. As both hands are on your chest, you'll be able to feel the rhythm of your heart and you'll feel your chest moving up and down. Since we're upset in this example, it's going to be moving up and down quite uh, rapidly. The point The next moment is to take a long, slow, deep breath in as deep as you can take it to the highest point while you keep your hands on your chest. 
and then release that breath ever so slowly. Feet are planted, eyes are closed. You're going to start to feel the rhythm of your heart shift as you continue these deep breaths. You're going to do as many as you can, and each breath that you take will be deeper and deeper, and each breath that you release will be slower and slower. And as this occurs, you will actually feel the energy in your body start to slow down. Your heart rate will come down. You'll feel more grounded to the earth. You'll actually, if you continue this exercise for an extended period of time, you'll actually feel quite powerful and quite grounded in who you are. In this stillness, then I would ask, take yourself to, if you have some more time, Obviously, if this is a 10-minute break, then you will not have that much time. But if you have some more time, start to visualize your favorite place with your eyes closed. Where is that place? For me, it's one of the many beaches, any one of the many beaches in Barbados. I can visualize that ocean. It's a seafoam green. I'm staring at that ocean as the tide goes out and the tide comes in. I can hear the crashing of those waves. Mm, I might even put my feet in the water. I feel so good. Oh, the sun is shining mm, right on my face, getting that good vitamin D. I'm so happy. Still breathing now, deeper still, deep in, deep out, very slowly. As you pull out from this place, we're going to remove our hands from our heart, open our eyes, and ground, feel the floor beneath us, grounding us to where we are in the ladies' room, the men's room, in our office with the door closed. And we start to feel more powerful. We're in much more of a pleasant place. And now we can move forward. That is probably a, a very easy way to bring yourself into balance and feel the potential of Reiki moving through you. Thanks a lot for that. I'm sure a lot of our friends and family members would benefit from this exercise, people who are working the 95 right now. So thanks a lot. From your experience, what is one highly beneficial health advice or tip that you could share with our audience, which can be implemented immediately? So for example, drinking warm water with a dash of honey and lemon has really high benefits for the body. Mm -hmm. I, for me, it's, it's, I'm going to tell you meditation. I'm so sorry. I know it sounds boring. Everyone talks about it, but I would have to say sitting in stillness, allow yourself to take a moment to sit in stillness. The other thing I would practice is mindfulness. A very simple example I can give you that maybe we haven't mentioned mindfulness, practicing mindfulness. A very simple example is washing our hands. Uh, what I would say is when we go to the sink to wash our hands, mindfulness health is a huge health benefit because when we become more mindful, we become more conscious of what we're saying, what we're doing, how we're acting, how we are with others in the world, how we are with ourselves. We start to realize the things that we say that may not be the nicest things that we say to ourselves. Oh, that was so stupid what you just did. Those kinds of, that kind of self-talk or, oh, come on, that was so ridiculous. What are you doing right now? That kind of self-talk, when we're mindful, as soon as that happens, it's not that we say, oh, Deidre, you shouldn't have said that because now we're beating ourselves up the second time or we, uh, right? So if we say the negative thing, then immediately the mindful being says, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I am. So what was the first one? That was so stupid what you just did. So the mindful person says, oh, you are so brilliant. My wonderful daydream. You are so brilliant in all that you are. Immediately say the, the opposite because that's really who we are. We are only the positive expression of spirit as human beings. That is what we were meant to be. Otherwise, we would not have come through. We are positive expressions of the main la- of the light. So whether you call that God or whether you call that, even if you don't believe in anything, we are positive expressions. That's why we're here. We're here to shine our light. That is why we're here. And so mindfulness exercise. So one exercise, go to the sink and don't just wash the dishes. Don't just wash your hands. If we're going to wash the dishes, we turn on the water. Okay. Does it take a while for the hot water to come through? Okay. There it is. Okay. Hot, cold. Okay. Warm. That's exactly what I need. I put my hands under the running water. How does it feel? This is where our mindfulness exercise begins. Mm -hmm. It feels warm. Oh, that feels tingly. Oh, I have a crack in my palm because I'm not putting on enough lotion. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, it stings the hot water in that small crack where there was dryness. How does that sting, stinging feeling feel? You, you see? And then we go yep, through, oh, yep. it feels very warm. Oh, I feel soothed. If I let that water warm me for a long period of time, I actually feel very relaxed. I could almost wash my hands for hours. <laughs> you see? So yep, if we yep. become very mindful, it becomes an experience. And then we're being in connection with every single thing that we're feeling. I'm looking at my hands. Oh, my nails need to be cut. Oh, I should go and get a manicure. Oh, my rings, my wedding rings look very nice. <laughs> okay, I have to get this cleaned. <laughs> Let me wash my yeah, hands yeah. more. And so, that, so that's the simple mindfulness. So, and really all it is are these subtle, subtle ways of being more connected to ourselves and in so doing, we become more mindful, we become more intuitive, and we become more aware of our own energy, what works, what doesn't, and what needs to be healed, because what needs to be healed will always be revealed. Thanks a lot. I'm going to try that exercise uh, today itself, the mindfulness exercise. So uh, thanks for sharing. Let's move into the next phase of our show, which is all about major challenges or learning moments. At My 7 Chakras, we're all about learning life lessons from the experiences of our guests. And we believe that it is only when we push ourselves beyond our limits that our success becomes meaningful to ourselves and respected by others. So, Deidre, tell us about a time when you were faced by a major challenge or barrier. Take us to that moment. What were you feeling at that instance? And then how did you approach or overcome that barrier? The first thing that comes to my mind was the accident I had. I was dancing for a while. I guess I could call myself a dancer. Sure, why not? <laughs> I was dancing <laughs> since the age of four. And I was in a wonderful dance class. And it was sort of like a grand jeté that we were doing. And if your listeners don't know what that is, it's basically running and then taking a flying leap into the air, doing a split, and then landing on the other foot. So this is quite a feat. Your body is being propelled through the air and then landing at quite uh, a speed. 
So I rolled my ankle at that moment, and it was a, quite a horrible accident. Whoa. And the main reason was because of the speed I was going at and the fact that I was in the air. Now, of course, if someone's just walking down the street and they roll their ankle, it's, it's, a, it's a much smaller injury. This was a minor injury, and the doctor told me it would have been better if you broke it. That's how bad this ankle sprain is. Uh, it was an excruciating pain. The painkillers that the doctors gave me didn't even work anymore. The pain was so great. Uh, and I was even told by another star athlete cousin of mine that <laughs> she would have rather had three. She knew my injury so well because she had it when she used to run track. And she would have rather had three more children <laughs> gone through childbirth Whoa. than to have that one ankle injury. Upon hearing that, I knew I was in trouble. And I knew that being someone who is quite active, quite busy, I'm not lazy in any way, shape, or form, that this would be a challenge. So as I laid in my living room, laid up, <laughs> literally, I thought to myself, this is going to change everything. My whole life, I was very upset. I was depressed. I was uh, frustrated. I felt ineffective. It was very, very, it was a sort of an emptiness feeling, especially for someone who is as physical as myself. It was very difficult. And television is not my best friend. <laughs> so that became quite boring. So there was a lot of time to think, a lot of time to think. And this takes me back to the WIMLA acronym, wait, meditate, listen, act. So I had a lot of time to wait, a lot of time to meditate, and a lot of time to listen. And I started to listen to myself, to my heart, started to listen to what is it that you are seeking at the time, I was a professional actor. I was doing okay. I certainly wasn't a star. And I sold some chakra pillows <laughs> and lingerie bags and a couple of items at my small business at the time. And I thought, that's okay. But there was this Reiki that I knew about that had been basically, essentially showing me that there was more inside of me than what I knew. And the reason I went into acting so many years ago was because I watched Meryl Streep in The French Lieutenant's Woman, and I saw her role as a healing role. And I thought, how wonderful to be an actor and to heal the world through your acting. And I thought, that's what she did. So I thought, that's what I'll do. But then I realized in my waiting, meditating, listening, before I acted, that actually I wanted to simply do healing work, period. And that it wasn't just enough for me as an actor. I needed more. I needed a deeper, deeper, more profound way of healing the world, and as my mission statement is, one person at a time. And I needed to connect deeper with myself in my own healing and pay attention to the healer that was within me and the way I could heal myself and the way I could steal myself and be more quiet within myself and understand what my true calling is. I needed that time and that painful, painful accident was that time for me to really sit and listen, wait, meditate, listen. And some days nothing came, Aditya. Some days I just sat there in excruciating pain, just praying for relief. Some days that's all it was. And that's okay. 
because as the butterfly transforms from the caterpillar, you know, it must be a caterpillar. It can't say, okay, quit caterpillar, be a beautiful butterfly. I have to have my stage. I must be in the stage of caterpillar. I must understand what that is. And so I needed to be in my stage of pain and I needed to be in my stage of healing and I couldn't rush out of it because my nature, especially as someone who ran, right, a sprinter, (laughs) was to quickly get out of it. But that is not the way of human beings always. And I think that is a maturity and a wisdom that was my divine aha moment from spirit and from my still quiet place within. This is a time for waiting, Daedri. This is a time for discovering what is within you. Who are you? What else do you have to offer? Yes, you are talented in many things, but so what? What is your life calling? Is it many things or is it one focused thing? And then you could do those other things on the side. What is your true calling? And I needed all of that time laid up. I needed that pain to stop me. So pain is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, we have painkillers in society to quickly take us out of things. But you see, the universe was smarter than me. The universe was smarter than those painkillers. The universe made those painkillers not work (laughs) anymore. So I had to, because if those painkillers worked, I would have quickly been out of that moment. I would not have taken all that time to think. And I would have just quickly went right back into another dance class and just quickly just moved right on without Wimla. Wait, meditate, listen, and then act. And all that time to think, and I would have just quickly went right back into another dance class and just quickly just moved right on without Wimla. Wait, meditate, listen, and then act. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson that you would want our listeners to take away from your story? Don't be afraid of the pain. The pain is your greatest teacher. Do not be afraid of the rose that has not quite opened yet. We are all roses that have not completely revealed themselves. We reveal ourselves throughout life. There is no set age. Do not be afraid of the pain. Do not be afraid of the seeming obstacles. Allow yourself to be in your own rhythm like the ocean. The tide goes in and the tide goes out. Sometimes the tide goes way out. Sometimes it comes way in. But that's the rhythm. Our own specific rhythms are very different. And so what I would take, have people take away is allow yourself through mindfulness, Reiki, meditation, whatever the modality is, to allow yourself to feel, be mindful, and listen to your own rhythms. And then you can act in the best way possible for your life. And you'll have the most success, the most love, the most healing, and the most joy. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, thank you for sharing your precious life lessons with us and allowing us to learn from your experiences. I know it must have been really hard to go back to that moment. But at My 7 Chakras, we strongly believe that our experiences only make us stronger. So, thanks a lot. Mm, Thank you, Aditya. So, Deidre, we are now moving on to the next portion of our show, which is all about finding the reason we've been placed on this earth. We're going to talk about finding your true calling or your true purpose. And when you find your calling, it's a different feeling of happiness, empowerment and fulfillment. You realize that you've been training for your calling since the moment you were born. And just when you need it the most, the right people will show up. 
with just the right tools you'll need to support you on your journey. So although you have alluded to this in, the, in our interview a, a bit before, my question to you is, have you found your true calling? And if yes, yes. what? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm so happy about it. And see, really, when you find your true calling, it should be an explosive yes, because that's how much joy it should bring you. Eggs. I could feel the energy all the way here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. So if you had to summarize your true calling in just one sentence for our listeners, what would that be? To embrace and embody the fullness of love and to live in its joy. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm sure that when you discovered your calling, you might have felt ecstatic, excited and extremely empowered because you could (laughs) say with conviction that this is what you want to do for the rest of your life. Correct? Yes, yes. And the outpicturing of that is literally Reiki, being a Reiki master, Mm -hmm. being a teacher, And also being a certified life coach, being a certified life coach allows me to help others to find their true calling. It is such joy. It brings me such joy, Aditya, to listen to another, find their calling and realize that their joy has always been within them. And now all they need to do is act magical. It almost seems like magical things occur right after that moment. You just said in your introduction, uh, folks tend to suddenly know exactly where they need to go. Suddenly doors just open. Suddenly all of these things start, the right person will just call them. And then they, they have a job opportunity. This is how these things happen. And I found my true calling through a, a wonderful master coach at the where I became a cert- certified life coach at Success Coach Institute. And Jody Nicholson is one of the, the master coaches of our time, in my opinion, because she not only takes the individual who's in front of her uh, or she tries to help you, but she's looking at you. She's literally looking at you. And I find that sometimes we have these self-help gurus and all of these kinds of... Uh, folks that claim that they want to help you be a better person and they have a a packed program and they throw it at you and they want you to fit into it. And what a proper coach does is they say, this is the program I have, but I'm looking at you and I'm going to see how you will fit into this, not how the coaching is going to fit into your life, how you'll fit into this coaching and how I'll learn from the person in front of me because everyone is our teacher. So my true calling came when I realized that I was only half living in my why and that I was constantly being distracted. And when I found someone, my master coach, who helped me to find out what my true calling was, I actually have less negative thoughts that come into my mind. I have less need to confront anyone with any kind of negativity or anything like that, because I'm fully embodying my true calling. And it is pure joy when you're living in your true calling, because really, you're living the reason why you came through. And that's very important. Why are you here? That brings us joy, because then I know why I'm here. And when we're not doing what we're supposed to do, oh boy, then disease happens, distraction, unhealthy relationships, all of these car accidents, I don't know why that person, you know, hit me from behind. In Reiki, we say when you get hit from behind, that's a wake up. 
And so it's not blaming the person. Okay. So I want to make sure that that's clear to your listeners. We're not blaming you for a rear end collision. If someone's hit you, but we're saying that check in your life, just check. Is there any way in your life that you haven't woken up? Just check, just asking the question. And so it, so we get to be really curious as a coach and we're, you know, which is very human to be curious and because there, you know, there are many things that we can do, but there's only one true calling that we have. We can be very good at a lot of things. I can sculpt. I can dance. I can run. I can act. I can make speeches. I can do a lot of things. But I can sew. I, I can do many, many, many things. But that has nothing to do with my true calling. See, acting was just the first step on the way to the pathway to the true calling, which is the healing world and helping people to deepen their love relationships. That's really why I'm here. When I look back, and people really know their true calling because sometimes they see it in their childhood, something that they'll look back and suddenly they'll go, my client will go, oh my gosh, my mother was telling me that when I was a little girl. Or she said that I always did this one thing. And that's funny. Now I realize that's my true calling. So sometimes it's this thing that was sitting within us you know, the potential energy and kinetic energy, right, from science class. So it's this potential energy that's been sitting on us, but we've been doing all these other things <laughs> that we're good at. So it's good to be good at something. But what is it that is your calling? Not what you're good at. What is your calling? So, so that's pretty powerful for me. And uh, I found my calling with coaching. And I found my calling with helping people find love with our singles program. And I help couples that have already found love that want a relationship tune up. I help coach them to find even deeper love within the love that they have. And then couples Reiki is for those couples that think they're doing pretty well, but maybe need a deeper connection to each other. And then you can come in and have couples Reiki. And that is really wonderful for couples because there's not really any talking. And it's just about myself helping you to balance your own energy and then the couples balance their energy together as a couple. So it becomes a very sweet, warm, loving session. And then people walk away with more love in their hearts for each other and more gentleness, which is huge and sorely needed in society. More gentleness. Wow. What a heartening story. That is indeed something. And with that, we have now reached the final round, which is the wisdom round. Well, I'll ask you a series of questions. During this round, our listeners will get to listen to nuggets of wisdom, get inspired, obtain actionable steps that they can take right away. So my fellow yogis and chakra healers, in case you want to make notes, I'd strongly urge you to take out a notepad and a pen. So Deidre, what is the best advice you have ever received? Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's so many. Okay, so are we ready for what mom taught me? Now, I have a West Indian mother, a Caribbean, so Barbados is lucky. It's in the West Indies and in the Caribbean. Not every island is both. So one of the things mom taught me, and I'm going to give a few things here. This is very connected to women mostly, but men too. Have a plan. Have a plan. I think it's sorely forgotten. Sometimes we go into a situation and then we go, oh no, that thing didn't work out. And we have no backup plan. Have a plan. Always have an alternate plan. This, these are just life teachings. Have a plan. So if you're going into a situation, well, I plan to go on this trip, so, so, and such and such. Plan doesn't work out. What's your backup plan? So-and-so got sick. What's the backup plan? Oh, I can't go there this way. What's the other way you can go? It's a very, it's a great way of staying flexible and adaptable because life 
is there are patterns to life, but there's also chaos in life. So we have to understand that there is chaos. So we must be ready and adaptable to move with the groove. (laughs) So, so have a plan. We don't need to be liked. It's more important to be respected. Do your job, do your best. Mediocrity always attacks excellence. Be excellent. Know that you might get people that don't like you or criticize you. It doesn't matter. That's its job. So don't fight with someone who's attacking your excellence or saying, well, look at who you are. And I think we call them on the internet haters. Well, who does he, Aditya, think he is doing this job and he thinks he's better than us? It's, it's mediocrity is supposed to attack excellence. It's the job. <laughs> so, so just ignore it. It's, it's more of an ignore it. What I tell my clients is just turn your head to the left and blow. Just blow it away <laughs> and just continue doing what you're doing. Be yourself. Nothing exists in a bubble. That's another great piece of advice. If things around you seem to be falling apart, look at yourself. Think, okay, is this a moment of chaos where this is just a random thing? Or they're like, wow, this is eight things that seem to have just gone wrong that are from my hands, from my, from me, as a result of me, which is what I meant. Why did that happen? I need to think about that. Just walking through it and going, oh, well, (laughs) is not necessarily the work of the enlightened soul. Why did that happen? How did that happen? How did I contribute to that? Am I attracting people that aren't good in my life? Am I attracting confusion? Am I attracting unhealed emotional states? Oh, I am. Okay, I need to know about that. That's important. Follow through. Finish. Follow through is so important. These are more life lessons than, you know, healing ourselves lessons. Follow through. If you seem to be stressed out and people seem to not be doing what you wanted to do, think, how have you been contributing to this? Do you follow through with them? Do you finish? Do you say, oh, I can't finish this, and here's why. Do you give an explanation? Do you communicate? Communication is the most important tool for relationships. The most. I had to release a friend once because she had no idea of how to communicate. Not one. And every time she communicated with myself or any one of our friends that were connected to us, it was either negative, it was forceful, or it was filled with her emotional pain. That is something to note. If you are someone who is, and I say this to all the healers that are listening and all the practitioners that are listening, steal yourself. Be aware of what is around you. If you have a highly emotional, unstable person in your life, because you're in the healing world, you are naturally going to be drawn to them. You must know that person came through. That person was supposed to be your client, not your friend. And this is something that I tell all practitioners, and I had to learn the very, very hard way with someone that I had to release from my life. And frankly, she released me first because I did the wait, meditate, listen, (laughs) and then act because I sat with it and I thought, what is going on here? I am finding myself in an ocean of confusion with this person, but I'm riding with her wave. Because she is the one who is in the unhealed place. She is emotionally not doing well. And you're, you've pulled her in, Daedri, because you're a healer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's a clear thing for practitioners to know. So understand, be able to have discernment. Am I attracting this person as a client 
or are they my friend? Because as a practitioner, we'll attract all kinds of people, people that are clients and people that are friends, but our clients will come through sometimes in friends clothing. <laughs> oh, I love you. You're so great. Aditya, you're wonderful. But they will have their unhealed places and their isms and their emotional states that are unstable. But at the time, because you like them, you'll think, oh, this person is so nice. They're so fun. They're so sweet. Oh, they're spiritual. But their emotional unhealed places will bounce the practitioner around to the places where they can't even do their own work well because they're so soaked into this other person's soup. So it's important to know, you know, taste the soup. Hmm. Is this what I want? Is this not what I want? Check in. Just because it's love doesn't mean that it's right. And as in, so my last piece of advice is, um, my last piece of advice is, it's not all about love. It's actually more about communication than love. I had a very wise teacher that used to say, love is communication. If you don't get that, then the love won't last. So, so that's a, a big part. Now, if our emotional states aren't healed and aren't doing well, then I'm definitely not going to have healthy communication, and I will definitely turn this friendship or relationship inside out. So that's something that, that I would give. That's the best advice I would give to practitioners. Have discernment. Is this person a friend or is this my client? And note the emotional states that are around you because as practitioners and light workers, those that work with Reiki and cranial sacral therapy, these are light workers. We are light workers. When you're working with light, you need to keep your field as clear as possible. If you attract a friend or a relationship that is taking you up and down and up and down and up and down, this is not a double Dutch game. <laughs> We're sending out life force and energy, so we need to keep ourselves clear. Then you may have to release that person or ask them to get their own healing. So that's the best advice I could give to practitioners that we fail to talk about, which is what are you attracting? Are you attracting a client or are you attracting a friend? And be clear on what that energy is so that you can do your healing work because you're a gift to the world as a practitioner. Perfect. Thanks for that. Now, at My 7 Chakras, we strongly believe that great habits can dramatically enhance the quality of your life. So if you had to recommend a personal habit that contributes to your well-being, what would that one personal habit be self-healing reiki every day as a reiki master i was taught by my master to do self-healing reiki every day when we work with individuals whether we have a reiki client or whether we don't it's important to feed the good light within us and release that which does not serve us and as we do self-healing reiki sessions as practitioners do those we actually clear our field and make ourselves more ready to uh, share the Reiki and to receive Reiki. So I've learned to do self-healing Reiki, and to students that come to me, obviously I teach them how to do self-healing Reiki as well. So it's, it's important. It really is. And it helps to keep me grounded, and it helps to release the negative pings from the world that want to come in. And because uh, you can't stop them from coming in. None of us can walk around, you know, as some enlightened be being. None of us is Jesus the Christ. I mean, we're just human beings. We can only do our best. 
So Reiki just helps us clear our field as much as we can and so that we can do our best. Perfect. So Deji, could you describe the first two hours of your day? What is your morning ritual like? My morning ritual consists of, well, I do do the warm water. (laughs) You (laughs) talked about that. That's very important to clear the field. And I start the day with my daily word. I happen to have gone to and still go to Agape, uh, which is a beautiful church here in Culver City area in Los Angeles. Agape is pretty well known. Uh, Dr. Reverend Michael Beckwith is the the reverend there. And uh, one of the things that is, Agape is science of mind. So it's based in Christianity, but it really looks at a lot of spiritual beliefs and it looks at a lot of uh, the feel, the energy within us, and it looks at God through. Uh, it's very deep. I can't get into all of it now. <laughs> but the point is, is that science of mind has its own daily word. So I read my daily word every day, and I have my warm water, and I take my moment of silence before I move. Don't. I was told many years ago, don't move until you're moved by God. That's the reason for the wait, meditate, listen act. Don't move from our head place, move from, if God lives within you, from your heart place. So for me, that's how I start. So quiet, some warm water, and some reading. That's how I begin. Wonderful. Thanks for that. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would that be? I would recommend for the practitioners, Confessions of a Spiritual Apprentice by Tuesday May Thomas. Any of your practitioners that are listening would find this quite beneficial because this is a Reiki master, my master teacher, a beautiful woman who created this book as part autobiographical, part uh, textbook, in my opinion. And it has tools, it has energy tools within it. And it really is about how does an enlightened or practitioner, uh, whatever we want to call ourselves as human beings, but how does a practitioner who's already doing the work of working with others, how do they maintain their stealthy nature and their wise nature, their intuitive nature in this world of effects and this world of circumstances that can surprise us at any given time with death, birth, cancer, anything? How do we deal? And so this book shows us all through the book are lovely tools energy tools for practitioners to use in how to maintain who you are through a difficult life. And then the essential Reiki, I would recommend by Diane Stein to anyone because it teaches us about Reiki and it teaches us about our own healing And it teaches us about the light within. Thank you. Chakra listeners, you can find links to all the resources, including the book that we discuss about in the show notes. So Deidre, I truly enjoyed learning about your journey and the stories that you shared were really inspiring. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for today. Tell us the best way we can find you. And then we'll say goodbye. I'm first of all, I'm grateful for you, Aditya. It's been wonderful to meet you. Uh, Thank you for that. Thanks so much. I love meeting like-minded, like-minded souls and light-minded souls. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that came out for a reason. And I'm truly grateful for the love that I feel within for human beings. I'm grateful that I can feel that lightness of love and that I can give it and I can receive it. 
I think that when our hearts don't feel love, we're sad. I think that when we don't have the feeling that someone is loving us, that we are going to be okay because mom is going to love me. I'm going to be okay because my husband loves me. I think when we don't feel love, we start to feel a little lost. And so I'm grateful that I'm in the land of the living and that I have the ability to love and to give and receive love. I'm grateful for that. My website is myoshun.com. M is in Mary, Y O S is in Sam, H is in heaven, U is in up, and N as in Nancy.com, M Y O S H U N.com. And there you can go ahead for your listeners and they can download, uh, and we can offer if you let us know your email address. We'll send you our monthly newsletter, and, but also a beautiful meditation that anyone could use at work uh, during a tough time. And it's a very quick meditation that you could play on your computer, your iPad, your iPhone. If you're having a particularly difficult time, a difficult day, whatever, and you need that quick boost or that quick calmer to bring you back down to what you really know is right and true. And so we offer that to your listeners if they would want to sign in for that. Beautiful. Thanks for being so incredibly kind. I'm sure our listeners will love listening to the audio that you have provided for them. So to access it, do they have to go to the website directly or is there a separate link? Yes. Okay. It'll be right there. It's the first thing you see at the top right of the page. All right. All right. Perfect. So, Deidre, thank you for coming on our show today and sharing those priceless nuggets of wisdom. I hope our paths cross again sometime really soon. You have a sunny day ahead in beautiful Santa Monica, filled <laughs> with inspiration, warmth, and happiness. Oh, and I return that to you and may it be recycled 10 times more in your life and with the others that surround you, Aditya. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You're listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.